You think uh, Daniel, when he was thrown in the lion's den, you think he had faith? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they throwed in the fiery furnace, you think they had faith? Uh, they had furnace faith, didn't they? So when we see these, these Bible characters that, that went through trials and troubles, and to say that, well, their faith wasn't strong enough is really an, an insult and an outright lie, isn't it? I mean, how, how can we actually say that? Now, a person may not have the faith that they need to have, but we can't say because if, if I had enough faith, God, God was going to take care of me. Sometimes we use that and say, well, that God puts a bubble around me. And, and if I just have enough faith, God's not going to do anything. If that's, if God's you know, gonna, not going to let anything happen. If that's true, I could go out here on Highway 56 and stand in the road and say, I've got enough faith that God's not going to let a car run over me. Wouldn't that be the same thing? Couldn't I do that? Well, of course I could. So, you know, it's like Jesus telling Satan when he was tempted. When, remember when Satan told him, said, if you're the son of God, he, he was testing his, tempting his pride there. If you're the son of God, cast yourself off. And he even quoted scriptures that God wouldn't let nothing happen to him. But he took that out of context, didn't he? So when we understand how God's going to help, I think we need to first understand our suffering more than likely doesn't have to have anything to do with a lack of faith. And sometimes I think we can, other people can beat us up and be rude, but we can also beat ourselves up and think it does have something to do with our faith. Now, our faith can be strengthened because of the trial that we go through, but it doesn't mean that it's because of my lack of faith. And I think, I think that's just important to start with because I, I know, especially just dealing with anxiety, uh, my wife says I tell a lot anyway, I'll just tell it. Anxiety, I, I always think I wouldn't have as much anxiety if I had more faith. But as I go through that, I realize that, well, it doesn't really have anything to do with my faith. It just has to do with it. There's things that I can work through on the uh, chemical imbalance, I guess. But, you know, I really struggle with that. I struggle with the anxiety part, but then I struggle, well, if I, if I, if I didn't have that, my faith would be stronger. If my faith was stronger, I wouldn't have this. So I think it is a real battle for individuals and a lot of different trials that we go through. But you see, these individuals, they, they were tortured. They, they were scourged, they were mocked, they went through all of these trials, but yet they went through them because of their faith was strong. It wasn't because they had weak faith, it was because their faith was strong. So let's notice some things. First, I think we need to realize we all do face troubles. In Job chapter 14 and verse 1, man who is born of woman is few days and full of trouble. Along with the trouble come, come hardships and suffering, and we would like to avoid troubles in our life, but God has never given us such assurance that we would. Actually, I think He has promised the opposite. I think as Christians, He has, he has promised us that you're going to go through suffering. You're going to go through trial. So we understand that. We talked about that in, in a lot of detail last Wednesday night. So how does it come when it comes to uh, understanding, one, that we're going to suffer, but two, how does God get us through it? In 1 Thessalonians 3, 2-4, And he sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the, uh, the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourself know that we are appointed to this. Did you see what he said? That none of you be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourself know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before 
when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know. So Paul was talking about a group of individuals that are concerned. He said, it's appointed to us to go through this. Because of the, the mission that we have and the things that we have to do, it's appointed to us that we would go through these tribulations. So it shouldn't be any, any surprise. In Acts 14 and 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying we must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So how's he saying that we enter through the kingdom of God? Through much tribulations. There, there's, there's a process, there's a sacrifice to be made. With any sacrifice, there's suffering involved there because you're going against your will. So if you're going against your will and the will that's around you, there, there's going to be trials, there's going to be troubles. So since we know we're appointed to suffer, again, how does God help us with these troubles? Well, I think first and foremost, He makes us face them. I, I think one of the... Uh, hardest part sometimes of the suffering is having to face it. You know, we have to face what we're going through. He makes us face it, F-A-C-E. He makes us look dead on to it. Uh, we, we, can't, we can't hide ourselves from it. We can't run from it. And sometimes that's what we want to do. You know, we, we say we take that difficult path. We say we take that narrow path. But when it comes to trials and trouble, I think I'd like to take the easier one. And I try to find my way around that. I try to uh, figure out some way to, to not have to deal with it. And I think sometimes that's uh, uh, the hardest part is, is, is just not dealing with it head on. And I think one of the ways, I think one of the first ways I believe that we have to recognize that God helps us through it is that He makes us face it. God would do us a disservice, I believe, if he sheltered us from troubles. God commends those who, who suffer righteously. Um, he, he's not going to, and we, we talked about this, remember about Job, the conversation between God and Satan. Well, you build a hedge around him. God would have been do, doing a disservice to Job if he did build a hedge around him and didn't let anything happen to him. Now, God does bless his children. There's blessings in life, and I think we can live a joyful life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But it doesn't mean we're going to have a hedge around us and nothing happens. There's more, in, more people than I actually thought from the time I actually started the ministry. I can remember from the first time I started at a congregation, and even until now, it has been a shock sometimes to me to talk with people before they become a Christian. And you know what? A lot of times the reason they want to get baptized, what do you think it is? They think it's going to change their life, and it will, but they think it's going to take away their troubles. I've had individuals come and say, if I just get baptized, my spouse will come back, or my spouse won't leave me. Uh, if I get baptized, my, my children will start doing better. Or if I get baptized, then, then that'll help my relationship with my parents. Or if I get baptized, it, it's some reason like this. And unfortunately, that, that's what individuals think. They think that becoming a Christian is going to shelter them from, from any problems that they have. But that's not the case, Burton. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he said, how are you going to grow? Mm -hmm. You know, I like to look over and say, what 
Yeah, you, you, you get to, uh, we, we just think that coming up out of that water is going to solve every problem we have. And all it really does is help us face our problems. And, and it gives us strength with our problems. It gives God on our side with our problems. That, that's where the difference is. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. I don't have to face it alone. I've got the strength. Now think about it. One thing that does coming up out of that water in obedience, complete obedience to God, is now I've got a brotherhood of support now, don't I? I've got brothers and sisters in Christ that should be there to help me get through those problems, to, to face those problems. But I think that's what God does. He, he, he makes us face it head on. We, we can't run from it. And if we face it, then guess what? We're going to be able to get through it. It doesn't mean the problem's going to go away. The person may still die. I still may lose my job. I still may have this happen to me. But I can face it. Because I realize, first and foremost, this world is not all that there is. If I'm out in the world and I don't have God, I don't have any hope for anything in eternity, as Paul says, if this world is all there is, we're to be pitied. Can you imagine facing a problem like that? That this is it? that this is what it's all about, that this is so devastating that I'm going through. Well, I, 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 I can't face it like that, but I can face it as a child of God. And I think that's what God does for us. In 1 Peter 2, beginning at verse 19, For this is commendable, if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongly, wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But notice what he says here. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges Righteously, So this can cover a broad range of things. He says, okay, when, when somebody does something to you and you consider, okay, you suffered because of it or you've seen somebody else suffer because of it, how do you face that? You don't return uh, uh, evil for evil. You face it and realize, okay, the world's going to be evil. I'm not going to be able to change the whole world. I'm not going to be able to change, you know, when, when people try to, def uh, heard that a lot on the radio, and you hear this every time, we you hear two things every time. One, it's always the gun's fault. But two, it, it, it's always trying to understand evil. Can you understand evil? Evil is evil. Uh, evil is, is something that's going to be in the world. And the very best we can do is, is try to confront it but it's still going to be there no matter what. I, I don't care what laws you pass. I don't care what you try to do. Evil is still going to exist. It existed from the very beginning. Now, that's not very comforting, but you know what it does? It, it makes you face it and realize this world is not all that there is. But the real thing is God has already overcome evil, hadn't he? Jesus is already the victory. So evil's not going to win. Evil may win battles here on this earth, but evil will not uh, eventually win. He's not going to win the war. It's already been won. We've got to decide which side we're going to be on and decide evil's going to exist. We're going to battle it every day. 
and just have to endure it. That's part of our sacrifice. That's part of enduring. That's part of being in this world that's in darkness. But we can still be Christians in this world. But we still have to face what's there. You, you think of, uh, John said something. I've been thinking about this when I've been thinking about this. He said it a pretty good while back in one of his lessons. You know, when you, you think about how the country's getting and how things are going, he said, you know, you look at, at the instruction that God gave uh, the people when they go in captivity, you know, just, you're going to have to hunker down and bear it. You know, it, it's going to be part of your life. You're, you're going to be in captivity. You're going to go through this. But you can still go through this and still be what you're supposed to be. And in order to do that, you've got to face what it is. You can't run and hide from it. You can't deny it. You have to face it. And sometimes it's hard to face it. It's hard to look at it head on. But once you face it and once you get the reality of it, then you can deal with what's in front of you instead of denying it. Bill? What's that? Providence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you may not see how God's helping you in the moment. But even if you go through it, even if it feels horrible as you're going through it, once you go through it and look back, you can see those bits of light within that darkness where God did help you get through it, where God, God was able for you to face it. And um, with, with God for you, who can be against you? You know, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, so I can face anything that comes, even though... I may not be able to change it. I think I can still face it. And also, we learn valuable lessons from the things that we go through. In Romans chapter 5, again at verse 3, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now notice, tribulations... Produce perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. See how it builds upon that? It, it, it gets us to be able, and we talked about this a little bit last week, how do you know, how does your faith grow? This is how it grows. If it's not ever challenged, it, it would never grow. You, you remember what solidified Abraham's faith? What was it? You remember? Yeah, he was willing to sacrifice his son. And God stopped him. Now I know. Well, of course we know what God knew, but Abraham knew. That was it. He was willing to... You don't think he was suffering? You don't think he was in tribulation? You don't think that was heartache for him to do that? He had to face it. He was willing to do it. And because of that, look how much his faith grew. Some of the greatest blessings we have is in that. And I think God... That's how God helps us. One, he has us face it. Two, I think we learn through that. Uh, in James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, I think we don't say all of that verse. We say that it brings about patience, but we don't think about let patience have its perfect work so we can be perfect and we won't lack anything. I've got to let it go through its course. I've got to let it have its perfect work. And see, it's just the opposite of what sin is. When sin is full grown, it brings forth death. 
So he says, you stop it before it's full grown and it won't bring forth death. Patience, when, when these trials come, patience, you let it become full grown so you can be perfected. So the good, you let it go. The bad, you stop it before it gets full grown. It's the total opposite. But again, it's by facing it. It's by learning these lessons as we're going through it. And, and, and we're like a child. You ever heard your parents say, this is for your own good? You ever heard them say that? Did you think it was for your own good? I never one time thought it was for my own good. Not one time. Yeah. I can remember Hannah sitting in the recliner crying. I mean, just bawling when I come home one day. And I said, what's wrong with you? She said, you're going to spank me. I said, oh, I am? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I was, but she was already told that I was, so she did something, and I trusted Tanya. I don't ask. I just disciplined. I figured they needed anyway, but... And then, but, but I actually didn't that time because she looked at me and she said, I don't see how a parent can say that this is good for them. I don't see how you can say you love me and you're going to spank me. So I was like, okay, let me talk this over a little bit. We'll, we'll come up with some, something here. But as a child, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear this is for your good. You don't want to hear this suffering. Remember we talked about last week, sometimes you have to apply little suffering so later on there's not great suffering. You, you need to make sure there's just the right amount to build that character that needs to be built so they won't ultimately suffer in the end. Well, that's what God's doing here. That's the lesson that we're learning. He's making us face what, what's going on. He's, he's making us deal with what's going on. And he says, here's the lesson you're going to learn through this. And the lesson may be, life's not fair. Boy, that's a hard lesson to learn, isn't it? That's what Job ultimately had to learn. I'm a sovereign God. Life's not fair. That just sounds awful. But it's true. We have to realize this world is not fair. But guess who is? God is fair. God is just. So where do I put all my eggs? In the basket of this world that's not fair? In darkness or Him? See, you don't think He's teaching us his depend our dependence upon Him? That, that this world is not it. Quit saying it is. Quit living like it is. And start living like there's something else. And that's hard to do sometimes in the moment. But that's what He needs his children to do. And I think that's the lesson uh, that we have to learn. Even the Lord faced suffering for the better. In Hebrews 12, beginning at verse 1, Therefore we also, since we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what? endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He did that for our, our example, that, that learning process of, look, he did this for the greater good. I can't go through this for the greater good. I can't go through this for my salvation. I can't go through this the right way so I can have a home with heaven. I can't go through this. So I, I can remember talking to a gentleman that I worked with it's been a long time ago. We were on a gas crew together, laying gas line. And um, he had uh, his uh, youngest child at five years old burn up in the house. I could not, I was, I didn't have any kids then. I was just, yeah, I was married because we'd moved back from South Carolina, so I was married. I did have a child. I did. I had Brittany uh, then. And uh, I, I can remember him I just remember his whole attitude with it. He, he, he cried. He shed some tears. Him and his wife came over to the house. And 
we, they were just, I mean, they were devastated, but I thought he'd had a different reaction than he did. I, I was just, I, I just couldn't, he seemed calm, he seemed, you know, and, and all he kept saying was, he's in a better place, and I'm going to live that I can go see him again. So that just motivates me to live my life totally different than I, I've been living it. And, and I still think about that. that. That gave him a sense of calm. That gave him a sense of facing it. He couldn't deny what had happened. He couldn't, he couldn't change what happened. It's almost like, well, it's just like David said. I can't bring him back to me, but I can go to him. You know, that, that's the attitude we have to have with that. I, I couldn't imagine it. I, I've talked with individuals that's gone the other way that's lost a child. They didn't want anything to do with God. They didn't want anything. Matter of fact, I, I got cussed out pretty good and thrown out of the house. Um, and I, would, I was thinking then, you know, I'd probably have done the same thing. I don't know how I would have handled that, you know, uh, if, if my child uh, got killed in a car wreck. It, it just, people handle grief so different, and sometimes we need time to get through that to actually see the good even if what's happening isn't good, the good that can come from that. And it's hard to, to face that in the moment, but at one time we have to face it and we have to uh, allow that time to do that. And, and whatever it is, from the extreme suffering that we can think of, uh, of something happening to our children, to, to the little things we deal with every day, to realize, how does, how does God really help me? Where can I put my finger on it and say, this is how I know God helped me through this. I, I really think the first one is I faced it. And there's only, the only one that can give me the strength to do that is God. And the other one is what lesson can I learn through this? How, how can this change my life for the better instead of for the worse? No matter what happens, how does it change me to prepare me for eternity? Because everything prepares me for eternity. It's not about here. It's not about Romans 8, 28 Everything don't work together for good here. It works together for good there. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm striving for. Um, so he, he makes us face it. And uh, um, it's hard to do in the lessons that we learn. Uh, he equips us for it. If, if we do the things that we should do, I think we're equipped to face what we're facing. Um, I don't want to say... We go through it and everything works out all right. That's not how we're equipped. We're equipped to be able to face it and that it doesn't destroy us. And that's what we're looking for. He gives us the armor. Look in Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of weaknesses in heavenly places. Therefore take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance, supplication for all the saints. How many times do you read that and you think about temptation? 
Is that what we put on the armor for, to, to keep us from being tempted from sin? What about keep us from being tempted to fall to tribulation, to fall to suffering? It says he gives us everything that we need for every dart that Satan throws to us. He may not throw a dart to try to cause us to sin like we think, to go murder, steal, do whatever. It may be a dart to get us to crumble and fall with some suffering. Satan knows exactly how to work us, doesn't he? He knew how to work Adam, didn't he? How did he work Adam? Through his wife. I can't get you, but I can get her and she can get you. I may not be able to get you, but let me do something to your family. I bet I can get you. Let me cause this to happen to something in your family, some friend of yours. Let this happen to this. That'll get you. But see, he's given us a whole armor to withstand that. He, he, he's given us everything. You know, we think about the sword of the Spirit as our defense. It, it's our knowledge. That's our defense. God's Word is the knowledge that we have that Satan can't touch me unless I let him in here. Now, he may touch me physically and all the circumstances around me. But you know what I can do? I can say, okay, you, you got me here, so here's the path I thought I was supposed to be on because of this that I'm going through. Guess what? I see another path here. I see another open door that I didn't think about. I'm not talking about different paths to heaven. I'm talking about different paths of what we think our service is or what we think uh, our abilities are or what we, you know, we, we may have different physical abilities we may, because of some suffering we have. We may have different opportunities now because I may have lost this job, but I may have got this other, and I may have an opportunity here that I never had before that I wouldn't have had unless this happened to me. You know, we don't know what, what that is. But he gives us all of this armor to be able to protect ourselves. So, okay, if this isn't, you know, working here, I'm protected here, I'm protected here, I'm protected here. You know, that's what this shield does. It allows me to move around anywhere I need to. But if he gets in that armor, whose fault is that? Is that God's or is that mine? It's ours. Now you say, well, that means you've got a lack of faith. No, that means what we've done is we've put down our guard and we didn't look at suffering the way that we should. It's not our faith the reason we're going through the suffering. It's how we handle the suffering is what the issue would be. He took his eyes off the Lord. It's a perfect example. I mean, we could get up from the pulpit and preach that sermon over and over again and it would teach the life lessons that we need. The water's not going to calm the storm's still going to rage. If you stay focused on Jesus, it doesn't matter what the storm's doing. But you take your eyes off of him, then that's when it matters. That's in anything. Obedience, that's in how we go through life. Excuse me, it's in all the things that we face. And I tell you, I, I sometimes get excited about this because I, I, I look at this from myself. I think of all the things that I, I go through, especially up here. I go through more trials here than I ever do out. They're all, a lot of them's up here. It's how I perceive something. It's how I take something. It's how I relate to something. And, and that's where a lot of the battle comes from. But here he's saying, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Job had no idea the battle that was going on around him. But he was right in the middle of it. We have no idea the battle that's going on. God still may be saying to Satan, right there he is, go for it. It makes me want to be like that kid in school that never raises his hand. I don't want the teacher calling on me. But maybe it's time God called on us to see what we've got. God knows what we've got. Maybe I don't know what I've got. 
Say, Ronald, I gave you all the armor that you need. Use it. It's just rusting up. Won't you use it? When's the last time you used that shield? When's the last time you used that sword? When's the last time you put that armor on? You can't withstand it if you don't have the armor on. So God helps us. He equips us. We have the truth. We have righteousness. We have the gospel. We have faith. We have salvation that will protect us. But if we don't use the armor, again, whose fault is it? And I think another way is the avenue of prayer is open. All spiritual blessings are in Christ. Prayer is a spiritual blessing, isn't it? Philippians 4, 6-7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now we could have several lessons over uh, about uh, does God hear sinners' prayers? What actual prayer does He hear? If I'm praying to seek the truth, does God answer that so I can seek the truth? Well, we can have a lot of discussions on that, but let's keep it in this context here. If I'm living out in the world, I don't, I don't care anything about God, and then I go through something and start praying to God, what do I expect going to happen? I mean, really, what do I expect? I'm not doing anything to serve Him. I don't have any spiritual blessing because spiritual blessings are in Christ. And I've I've heard several tell me, well, I pray to God every day. To what avail? To what purpose? To to bring you to salvation or to to help you in the state in which you're in? See, there's a big difference in that. But prayer is opened up to us as a child of His. James 5, 13, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing, uh, sing hymns. Uh, God gives us some avenues to, to help us, I think, that more than anything emotionally to help us get through the things we do. If I'm happy, sing out. That shows the emotion I'm doing. If I'm going through some kind of suffering, I'm going through some kind of pain, pray. I need to talk to somebody, and sometimes God's the only one that can understand it. And sometimes I can't even explain it to him because I don't understand it myself, but he knows. And that's a great blessing. I don't have to tell him every detail. He already knows what the details are. Um, when Job suffered, what did he do? Um, well, look at, uh, first look at 1 Peter 5, getting at verse 6. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the world, in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world, but made by the grace of uh, God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, established, strengthened, and settled you, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. I've got an avenue, I just need to use it and make sure that I'm clear thinking and I've got a brotherhood to help me. I've got, uh, uh, I'm not alone. I think that's the big thing how God helps us. I realize I'm not alone. And if I am, then there's a problem. Either I'm not what I should be as a Christian or the Christians around me aren't what they should be trying to help me. One or the other. But I'm not alone and I need to make sure that we encourage each other. Job arose, Job 1 and 20, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground. He worshiped God. Uh, We can go to God. That's a spiritual blessing. He's there for us. Um, And we've got to trust in that. Unfortunately, sometimes I think we would rather suffer alone 
uh, than with our brethren. Uh, our brethren can co comfort us when we're hurting. Uh, our, brother, our brethren can help us. If we go to Galatians 6 and 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're here to bear one another. And that, that's another thing. When we go through suffering, I need to make sure I'm close to my brethren as I can be so they can help me in my suffering. Or even if I don't say anything, they can recognize that I'm suffering. They notice when something's off. And they're able to help me and encourage me through it. Um, no amount of hardship can separate us from God unless we let it. One, he monitors our ability, as uh, Burton said at the beginning, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, that he's not going to put anything on us that we can't overcome. One of them is the temptation to give in. But finally, remember what Paul said here in Romans 8. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As is written, For your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, that can't separate us from the love that uh, God has for us. So maybe this gives us something to think about.